Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. podcast I'm super excited for this one because it's been a couple of weeks since I have consistently been making content you might hear it in my voice recovering from the flu and I was inspired by this idea of how do I stay consistent when life gets really difficult how do I not gain weight all the time when things get really stressful because my life is not picture perfect and from what I can see and surmise on social media, which is a total fallacy anyway, other people's lives appear to be really, really good. They've got time to work out. They've got these kind of beautiful gyms where they film uh, content and they've got access to year-round cherry tomatoes, which I certainly don't have, and sunlight and all of these things. And they're sponsored by amazing companies, clothing companies and all this stuff. That's really not actually true. It's a snippet of people's lives. But I think my perception or my tendency to see this as normal or as someone else having a an easier method of succeeding because their life feels easier, I think that's a common theme. I think that we all feel victimized sometimes and that we all feel like, well, my life is just really hard and therefore it's going to be more difficult for me to actually see success. So we put this at our ability to succeed on something outside of our control, which is that our circumstances should be better. I'm here to tell you that you can be successful regardless of your life being difficult, regardless of you having everything together and your circumstances can be crap, you can still succeed. The benefit of thinking this way is that you will much more likely achieve your goals and in the pursuit of that, we do get a lot of enjoyment, a lot of happiness, a lot of confidence uh, and ultimately that's, I think, the biggest gift that weight loss can give, not just ongoing health and a complete change in, in how you do life, but recognizing that you are the kind of person who can do hard things and to do them consistently. The fact is that any kind of endeavor, weight loss being a big, big one, that requires us to make sacrifices, that requires us to say no, to do things that are difficult and to do them on a consistent basis even when we're not motivated, anything like that is going to come with a lot of pain. It's going to feel hard. And so we have to have a toolkit where we can pull from 
when the circumstances feel so hard that we're like, well, this other hard thing, like, it's just too much. It's too overwhelming. I can't do both. So there's about six things I've identified really help me to stay consistent. And my life is, is not the beautiful, perfect thing that I wish that it was. I'm very, very grateful. I've got an amazing family, both my immediate family, my husband, my kids, and then my extended family. Uh, I've got a, a lot of amazing privileges, which I'm very, very grateful for. But there's also things that if I were to let them could crush me in terms of my mental health and my spirit on a daily basis. And I have let those things really, really affect me in the past um, to the point of at times being uh, suicidal and high, just not being able to cope extremely, extremely depressed. And the fact that I can sit here now where my circumstances are objectively worse in a lot of ways. Like in, in some ways they're a ton better but in the things that I can't control, a lot of them are, are way worse. But the fact that I'm able to approach that with more empowerment and more ability to get the things that I want, even when life gets really difficult, that is such a testament to these six things working the way that they do because they are mindsets and they are practices that I didn't have in my quiver, if you will, or in my arsenal, um, prior to losing the 40 pounds and, and understanding how this works. So I, I'm, I'm really hoping that these are valuable to you as well. The first thing that changed for me was recognizing that 100% effort is not required to see phenomenal results. We do have to have some consistent effort, but the barrier to success is actually really, really low. And, and what I mean by that is that in order to get moderate results, so I'm talking about moderately lean, uh, eating a relatively consistent diet, not going out and having like a binge all the time, that is something where most people, or a lot of people I probably should say, will never actually have even that. And really that's kind of a base level that is not super difficult to achieve when you look at it on a spectrum but it is still so much more difficult than what most people will consistently do because any kind of effort is a spectrum right if you start with eating a vegetable or being someone who cooks with vegetables versus someone who just eats chicken nuggets every night or just cooks with McDonald's someone that you see on some of these shows where they're portraying people that are extremely overweight or extremely obese and their habits are really really terrible that's uh not an exaggeration to, to say that most people would look at that and go okay so that's like a level of behavior negative behavior in terms of diet and exercise that is so extreme and we can look at that and we can go okay that's why is it so hard for that person to make a moderate amount of effort like eating a vegetable or just sw swapping out some of the soda that they're drinking for water because for most of us like those things feel kind of normal on the other level of the spectrum we've got people who are bodybuilders or people who work who are athletes who are very very strict with their diet their exercise regime or whatever they're doing their habits are so far above like what we would consider 
even conceivable that it's like I, I can't even I can't even fathom doing that like people who run ultra marathons but when you actually think about it all of these are just a spectrum of effort and really how we see that is just what is normal for us and if I if I was going to quantify it and I would say absolutely one so detrimental behavior like you never eat a vegetable you never drink water you only drink soda like you never walk like absolutely like worst behavior that you can possibly think of like so bad for your health if that's on one spot side of the spectrum and then you were going to go over to the other side of the spectrum which is like absolutely like everything like perfect like working out like athlete which is debatable how healthy that is anyway but in terms of effort if we were to look on onto that I would say, like, here's the thing that I really want to get to with this, is that moderate results, which is what I feel like I have, which is I'm able to stay pretty lean, I'm in a healthy BMI, I'm not, like, super low in my BMI, I'm not in an athletic uh, body percentage amount, I don't eat, like, really, really amazingly well all the time, I do have some treats in my diet, I had some brownie and ice cream last night. Um, I go to the gym maybe like three times a week and I get about 5,000 steps a day. That's a very moderate amount of effort in comparison to the end of the spectrum. And I wouldn't even put that halfway. Like I would put that amount, those kind of results on the spectrum as maybe like a, th a third, if not like a, only like a quarter in terms of if you were to see that as like where the from the worst to the best or from the least amount of effort worst behavior to the most amount of effort best behavior however you want to see that I would say that like where I sit is like a quarter of the way in that spectrum I know that I'm capable of so much more I know that people who are like highly highly driven and, and who have like absolutely phenomenal results the amount of consistency and effort that is required is hundreds and hundreds of times what I do on a on a daily basis in saying that I know there are so many people that look at me and that look at where I am and they're like well like that's so that's like crazy that's that's so much I don't know if I can do that I don't know how you've done that and it's like it feels like that not because it's inherently difficult it's just because it's not normal for you potentially, if you're listening and you, you want to have those kind of results, it's maybe just not normal right now. I think it's super important that we understand that objectively it's just not that difficult. There's not that much effort actually required and the barrier to entering that is so flippin' low. Like it doesn't actually require much. It doesn't require never having sugar again. It doesn't require hours and hours in the gym every day. It doesn't require so much prep or millions of dollars to spend on personal trainers and to have a home gym. Like It doesn't require any of those things. The barrier to entry is possible for everyone. We just underestimate the power of some level of effort and some level of long-term consistency and instead, we tend to gravitate towards short-term intensity that we can't maintain. And it doesn't matter where it is on the spectrum. It doesn't matter what difficult looks like for you because we're all going to be in different points. Maybe you're an athlete. Maybe for you, getting to that next level, getting to where you want to be is 
something that I can't conceive of in terms of effort. Maybe for you, eating a vegetable consistently or not cooking with oil, or even going to the gym at all feels like so far out of your comfort zone. You're like, I don't know how to do that. The thing is that because effort is subjective, because we all have different starting points, we have the ability to just focus on making small amounts of progress. Like really, if we just put one step in front of the other, really if we just don't give up all the time and we have some level of consistency, whatever that looks like for us, something that is maybe like a 60% effort or a 70% effort or some days a 30% effort. If we were to just do that as opposed to zero, or as opposed to 100% and then zero, or then like negative 50, where we're like, how fast can I shove cake into my mouth? If we were to just do that, and we were to slowly improve over time, which is how you get from sitting on the couch to running an ultramarathon at some point. Anyway, like it, it is just a matter of some kind of progress over a long period of time, then we'd get there. I always think about the story of the tortoise and the hare, and most people think that the moral is slow and steady wins the race. But that is not true. Really, the moral is that the hare starts out fast, and he has a lot of intensity. He's at 100% effort. He's sprinting towards the finish line, and then he just stops. And then what happens is the tortoise overtakes him because he has consistent effort. It's not it's not super intense, it doesn't look all that amazing, but he consistently is moving in the right direction. So consistency beats intensity every time. And this comes into play a lot when we think about how do we cope on our worst days, or how do we cope on those times when we, we really can't operate 100, at 100%. What I see happening is so many people will give up at that point. They will have a day where everything goes to custard and then it's like, well, I'm going to wait until Monday because then I can do 100% effort again. Well, first of all, that's not required. And second of all, when have we seen that being actually positive? If you look at the story of the hare versus the tortoise and there's a, an intensity and there's a stopping, then that doesn't actually help you get closer to the finish line anyway. And this is really the second point is that that consistent minimal effort in intensity, it is going to be intensity every single time. You don't actually need to sprint, but you do need to put that one foot in front of the other. And so those are the days, those times when you can't cope, those things, those days when things get really, really difficult, or if your whole life is just really difficult, that is going to look different to you than it looks to someone else. And I think part of the disservice of social media is that because we're always seeing people where they appear to be operating at this consistent intensity and this 100% effort, we think that we need to do that and we get discouraged when we're not and then we just give up and we think, well, you know what, I'm not even going to try because if I don't do, if I don't pass by 100% or 50% is just not good enough. 50% is not going to get me those kind of results because I don't see someone doing 50%. I don't see someone doing 30%. I don't see someone posting a video where they've done like a super mediocre workout or they ate pizza with broccoli and therefore I'm not going to do that because I won't get the results if I don't do a little bit. And it's just such a fallacy. It's it's such detrimental thinking because it doesn't take into account the journey. It doesn't take into account that we build habits and we build behavior by building a little bit of improvement over time, by building trust in ourselves. And 
we're so obsessed with results. We're so obsessed with what kind of actions and what kind of behavior is necessary to get the result. And so we marry those two in our minds. We marry the 100% effort. We marry this idea of like all the things that you have to do, which is super overwhelming, by the way. And we go, well, that I have to do that thing. And that's the only thing that is going to get me results. And when you think about it, is that like results are really just an indication of tons and tons of tiny little behaviors and tons of little decisions that are made over a long period of time. They are not the sum of just the intensity that you see on one day. But everything we have in our system is so obsessed with results instead of the actions and the behaviors and the effort that is required to build habits. And there's this fascinating study that kind of illustrates the detriments of this where they took a a group of kids, they divided them into, they gave them a set of problems, and then they would praise the kids based on either intelligence or effort. So the first group got praises like, you're so smart, you're so talented, and then the effort-based group got praise like, you're so uh, hardworking, or like, great job on persevering, that's fantastic, and then they gave them a set of subsequent tests. The fascinating thing is that the group that was praised for their intelligence, which by the way is not something that you really have all that much control on, like the only thing you control is your effort, right? It's your input, it's not necessarily the outcomes. They actually did worse, their performance went down. Whereas the kids who were praised for their effort, the thing that they could control, actually performed better. The other thing that's super fascinating is that when given a choice on what kind of things these kids would uh, go for or what kind of uh, level of problems the kids would choose, the ones that were praised for their results or their intelligence chose easier tests because they didn't want to feel like they were failing. Whereas the kids that were praised for their effort chose things that were, or chose tests that were harder because it wouldn't have been an identity crisis for them to be bad at something, because it was the effort that was encouraged, it was the amount, or how hard they worked, that was the thing that they were trying to, or the identity that they were trying to maintain. And when you think about us becoming so obsessed with results, and and having to achieve these really, really high standards on a consistent basis, otherwise we feel like we're failing, it's going to mean that it's either too hard to try, on those days when we can't hit 100% or we give up when we know we haven't hit 100%. Whereas if we focus and instead set our bar for effort, not outcomes, then that is something that we can succeed with every single day regardless of whether that changes. Because when I went to the gym yesterday after not going for two weeks because I've been sick and had the flu, my output, my results were way, way worse than what they normally are. But I'm going to celebrate the fact that I went and that was really difficult. The amount of effort required to actually go and break the barrier to entry again and actually pick up weights after not doing that for two weeks when I feel super weak still that effort was much, much greater than what it is normally required for me to get there. But if I was to focus on results only and I was you know, and I was to keep telling myself, you know what, you're not going to be as strong, you've lost progress, all of these things, and I was to make that my goal, then how much harder is it for me to actually go? And what happens if it's harder for me to go? What if I don't? 
And then what if I I stop going completely for a month? And, it, and then what happens in a month's time? I'm even weaker than I am yesterday because I didn't go. Like it's exactly the same kind of thing with food. We go, well, you know what, I, I can't make a salad today because I'm struggling so hard. I, I really need to eat a comfort meal. And the kids are screaming and there's no lettuce in the fridge. There's no beautiful kale in the garden. So I am going to go and order takeout and I'm going to get pizza. Instead of asking yourself, well, what is what is some semblance of effort look like for me today? How can I succeed today by putting in some effort? And I'm going to make my famous risotto or I'm going to make something that is easy and quick and that my kids really enjoy. Maybe that's noodles. Like I have so many, I have like an arsenal of comfort foods that I eat on a consistent basis because I'm like, it's this or pizza, like realistically. But that's so different to how I used to think because I used to pendulum swing so flipping hard because I wasn't, I, I was always trying to hit 100% and then I was always either 100% or like n- negative kind of effort, like I'm gonna start on Monday and I'm I'm like I'm shoveling in the cake until then. So that's the first the third point is don't pendulum swing. Behavior is dynamic because our lifestyle and what we're dealing with is also changing all the time. So I'm now looking for how I can be the best that I can even on my worst days. And so that's much more looking at what I would call the spirit of a, of the law as opposed to the letter of the law, if you want to use kind of biblical terms, um, which is my upbringing, obviously, or maybe not obviously. And that's really this, this kind of concept of what's the, what's the point? What, why, why are you doing a certain behavior? Is it to get like a gold star because you did the thing that was required, you followed the law and then you don't actually get the outcome that you want. Like, we're here for a certain outcome. We're not here to just check boxes, I hope. It's a very different way of looking at things. And I think a lot of us, we pendulum swing because we we do have this idea of, of having to be perfect, of having to check everything off, and that if we don't, then it's worthless. And, it's, and then it, it never changes. It's never able to be flexible for us because it's just, it's so much like a a law and it's like, it's this kind of dogmatic religiosity that we have towards everything that we do. And it it doesn't allow for us to actually ask those questions. Well, you're like, what does effort look like for me today? What is, what is the thing that is going to bring me like one step closer? Or what is, what is going to be like one step in the right direction? What does that look like? Or what am I actually trying to achieve? And I, there's so many things I could go into with this, but it, it kind of comes back to just recognizing, well, the only thing that I'm really trying to achieve here is an improvement in my behavior. Because if we look at that spectrum again of like, no, no matter where you are, no matter what your starting point or no matter where you want to be, all you have to do is make progress in your behavior. All you have to do is build some kind of habit and start to build some kind of habit where you're making consistent progress. And so if your base level is really low, then all you have to do to succeed is have your behavior be slightly better than what it normally is. And if you consistently do this, then you're going to build confidence and evidence and trust in yourself that you are capable of doing hard things. Because sometimes just going to the gym and walking in the door, not even doing a workout is 100% effort. 
and that's like so much harder than anything that you normally would do whereas for someone else it's like well that's that's me slacking off like I would never just walk into the gym of course I'm going to do a workout but I've done that I've gone in for literally five minutes done like one set of something and then walked out because that was improvement for me and we can build on that it's like the foundation of a house you don't you don't get to just put the roof on if you haven't done the foundational work and what we're doing when we stop this binary behavior of either good or bad and we start to look at it in, in terms of what's the best that I can do even on my worst days or those worst situations, then we're building internal integrity. We're becoming the kind of person that does what they say they're going to do. And I can't stress this enough, like this is the biggest goal. This is the biggest achievement that you can make because if you are the kind of person, like let's follow out the logic. If you are the per kind of person that can say, when I say I'm going to do X, I will do it, then you can be the kind of person that does an ultramarathon. You can be the kind of person that gets to your goal weight and stays there. Because all that is required to do that is that you become a person that keeps promises to yourself. All that is required is that you are someone who does hard things consistently, even when you don't feel like it. That's internal integrity. It is so crucial for success that almost everything hinges on it. But here's the thing, you cannot expect yourself to do consistently difficult things that require so much effort in the face of adversity if you have not proven to yourself with a lot of evidence that that's how you act. That is who you are. When you think about this in terms of uh, something like uh, trust and when someone lies to you, it erodes all that trust and it doesn't matter how many times someone says yes or someone says uh, someone tells the truth. If they erode your trust in some way, then it's going to take so much evidence to build that trust back up. I always say to my kids that trust is something that it has to be in a lot of ways 100% because we erode it every time. Like It's not like you can just say you you can do something one time and then you've you've built you've got like a trust kind of point there let's say and then you tell a lie it, it's not and then you do another truth it's like well I'm back to one it doesn't work that way it's it has to be built up with hundreds and hundreds of of little things that show that there is evidence to trust someone and one thing can erode all of that really fast. And we're the same in terms of building trust for ourselves. So we have to start small or we have to set the bar lower so that we can build that evidence in the small things that are going to, it's going to, we're going to need to have that as a character trait in order to do harder things and to do them when life gets harder and when motivation waxes and wanes. I heard this great quote the other day, and it's that we don't build confidence, we build evidence. Confidence comes as a result of evidence, not the other way around. And so this allows us, like this realization has really allowed me, both in my personal life and then how we uh, help our clients inside of Lean With Plants, is to, to realize that everything is about just building trust in ourselves. Everything is about building evidence of doing difficult things, of keeping our commitments to ourselves, because then we can take on more and more and we can do that more consistently when we have the evidence that we've done that so many times. And so 
if we're not doing that in the big things, then we have to get smaller. We have to be just asking ourselves, well, what does 1% look like? Because if, because 1%, here's a cool thing, 1% effort or 1% improvement, if that's the bar that we've set, it still builds that trust. It still builds evidence. I'm going to give you a couple of scenarios. If you say to yourself, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out for an hour, four days a week. You've set a very, very high bar. And so if something happens where you miss a day and you don't go for an hour that day and you don't go at all, you've failed because you've set a bar You've set a commitment, you've told yourself you're going to do something, and now you haven't done it. So what does that do for your confidence? You now don't you now have absolute evidence that you are someone who doesn't keep commitments to yourself. So when you set that commitment to yourself the following week and you say, like, I'm gonna, you know what, this is the week, this is I'm gonna do it, this is the Monday, like I I'm desperate now. I'm gonna go five times a week and I'm really I'm gonna go an hour each time and I, I gotta do it because I'm desperate. What is the likelihood that you really are going to keep that commitment to yourself? Because what is the evidence that you've ever done that before? Like you probably don't believe it when you say it and you you don't have that muscle. Like it doesn't matter if you believe that you're going to go and do it. Like there's no evidence to suggest that that behavior is going to somehow just magically change without practice. It's going to just magically change because you're in more pain in that moment. We all know that our motivation is not... It, motivation, by the way, mostly to do with pain. Mostly to do with our avoidance of something difficult. <laughs> like, that's what we're mostly motivated by. So in the moment, you might be like, yeah, like, I, I'm going to get committed. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the gym. What about when it's 9 p.m. and you've had a hard day at work and everything has gone wrong and you're like, you know, I, I can't even face leaving the house, like, let alone doing an hour workout and you don't do it. And then you've proven to yourself yet again that you are not capable of keeping commitments to yourself. What have you proven to yourself? That you're a liar. Because you set a commitment and you didn't do it. And what, do we ta- what do we say about people who say that they're going to do one thing and they do the other thing? They're a liar. So how do you expect that you break this pattern of behavior? Set the bar lower. Realize that you don't have to do 100% effort. Have consistent minimal amounts of effort on those moments. And don't pendulum swing because then you're able to be successful. You're able to go above and beyond what you would normally do. Because what if instead you set minimum targets for yourself, which this is the fourth thing, by the way, rather than big goals. What if minimum targets allows you to build trust more consistently, which allows you to build evidence quicker, and now you're, you're motivated because you're winning more often. This is the difference between feeling good about finishing a list that has three things and then being motivated to go and do more and having a better week because you got those three things done versus feeling absolutely terrible because you got 99 done of a list that had 200. Like which outcome is going to make it easier for you to crush it more? The person that can hit 100 things consistently on their list and tick those off, the person that can go and crush it for five, five days out of the week in the gym, the person that goes and they're able to say no to cake every time, they've built up that muscle of being able to say to themselves, I'm going to do X and then actually going and doing that. So you can build that same muscle, you just need to start with lower weights. It's like learning the alphabet. You don't give a child Charles Dickens and then go read it. 
and go, you know what, you, you're motivated though. You, you want to do it. You want to be able to finish this book. And they don't even know the alphabet. You go with ABC. Like that's how you start. You build up that confidence in that way. And then you layer that over time. So I try and always do this where I, especially when I'm building habits, I'm setting minimum target, targets. Minimum targets look like things like I will leave the house. Like The cool thing about minimum targets is they can be so minimum. They can be as small as if you're trying to build a habit of doing yoga and that's a goal, rolling out your mat. This is what our head coach Keisha um, in a program did, did and she's also like over 75 pounds. Like she, she's she's a queen when it comes to like understanding minimum effort and habits and building and all these things. And and so that's something that she can do regardless, like every single day. So it's a goal that she can consistently hit. And so because it's so small and because it's so tiny, it's almost like we're tricking our brain to do really difficult things because we're making it easier to start. We're removing some of this barrier to entry because the finish line isn't so far away. It's a lot easier to get, to to mark off and to be successful if your only goal is to get out the door, put your running shoes on and get out the door. It's a lot easier to be successful in that than it is to run 5Ks every day or to run an ultramarathon every week because it just doesn't require as much effort. And so if it doesn't require as much effort and we're not used to a lot of effort, like we're not used to consistently putting in effort when things get difficult, which is what's holding us back, right? We're, we're held back because when things do get tough, when we lose motivation, we give up. Like that's what's stopping us for the most part. So if we can win more consistently and if we can stay committed, even when it's difficult, because the bar is lower, then we're going to build that trust with ourselves. We trick ourselves into doing difficult things because for a lot of us, we We've never built that mental muscle of staying consistent when things get difficult because the things that we're trying to do are too difficult and too hard for where we're at in our journey. And so, and then we don't even put any effort in. We don't get out the door for a five minute walk on those days when we didn't go to the gym. And so we're consistently in this pendulum swing. And so we break that by having these smaller goals, having minimum targets, uh, realizing that we don't have to be 100%. Can you see that everything here is really about allowing yourself to do something more consistently, even if it is smaller, even if it is a tiny step. Can you see how helpful that would be if you're having an absolutely crap day? Like how much easier would your life feel? How much less overwhelming would it be to succeed consistently in building habits if it didn't require so much effort? If it didn't take everything from you when you had nothing left to give? Do you think that being able to do that would eventually get you to the finish line in the same way that it did with the hair. Like, I'm going to say yes, because I've seen that work for me and hundreds and hundreds of other people. And not only that, this is actually backed up by what we know about behavioral science, about how people form habits. Like, that's the cool part. This is not just me speculating. This truly is backed by so much research. And when you look at highly successful people, people that are super motivated, that uh, do consistently go out and exert an amazing amount of effort, or what appears to me an amazing amount of effort, is that they find more ways of winning. They find more ways of rewarding effort, not just outcomes. And so that becomes something that is this, it's almost like this self-fulfilling or self-perpetuating rewarding system. 
I didn't realize this about people that were successful until recently is that they they do tend to gamify things. They do tend to find ways that allow them to win more, whether that is through tracking metrics, because the more metrics that you track, the more you can see, well, even if I'm not winning in one way, I could be winning in another way. So if you just have one metric for success, and this is kind of comes back to that binary thinking, if your only metric for success is that you went out and run a 5k, and that could, because that was your goal that you, that you had, then you don't, you've only got one way to win. Whereas typically successful people tend to track a whole load of metrics. That could be, well, how, like how fast did you get out the door that day? Uh, were you able to, or how did you feel on that run? Like, did you listen with music or without music? Did you have times when you were faster or times when you were slower? And so it, it allows you to look at different things and to feel good about that. And I'm going to go into this in another episode, but we are so motivated or reinforced in our behavior if we can find ways to win in it. This is really fascinating to me. I, I, I don't want to go into this because I want to do a deep dive. But what we tend to do is, I'll just touch on it, we tend to have try to use positive enforcement to start a behavior, but then we use negative enforcement to tell ourselves that it wasn't good enough. Like this is the typical way. We try to shout affirmations in the mirror and then, but it doesn't get us actually doing things. We try to say, oh, I'm capable of doing difficult things. And then at four, I'm going to set the bar super high. And then we don't follow through on it. But then we say, oh, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. Why didn't you do it? Motivation actually works the other way. Motivation is much more about pain avoidance. And we're motivated by doing something because it's it's going to be painful if we don't do it, which is not a negative thing. When you think about it, a lot of this is has to do with making the bar or making the the barrier easier to entry because we we just really don't want to do difficult things we're really motivated to avoid pain so if we can make pain we can make the pain of not doing something so much higher because the pain of doing it is so flippin' low like if you make a commitment to yourself to walk out the door every day then there's there's more pain in just not doing that and being like, well, I just can't, I didn't even do that than it is in just opening your door and going out. So we make it, we make the pain of doing something minimal and easier, and then we reward ourselves. We want to flip that switch where we reward ourselves for whatever. You're basically always figuring out ways that you can win, and this is why I really like this idea of winning with effort and focusing on effort as opposed to just outcomes because when I went to the gym the other day like I really didn't have a good workout but I can applaud and I can appreciate the effort that was required to do that so I can win and therefore I'm like more likely to go back because that's a positive reinforcing experience and that's how we form habits we form habits because we our brain learns well this was a good thing for us to do I'm going to do more of it. I'm going to feel more motivated to do more. If we ate cake and it tasted disgusting every time, we wouldn't do it because there's no motivation. There's no reinforcement of positive behavior. We'd stop pretty quick. So reward effort, not just outcomes. That will lead to outcomes over time. Setting these minimum, minimum targets allows your brain to actually start. It's easier when the finish line isn't far away. And then the other point with this is that the whole point of being on a weight loss journey, which 
ultimately just leads to improved health, confidence, uh, being the kind of person that you want to be, having a lifestyle that is going to keep you uh, able to do exert your body long past where most people can like that you've got that longevity there you can play with your kids like you're not going to be at risk of heart disease all these negative things that you're avoiding ultimately the goal of that is to keep on playing it's almost like it's a game that doesn't have a finish line you don't just get to that and then go back to the way that your behavior was the point is to consistently change your behavior so that you have a lifestyle that you're going to maintain like weight loss really is a very small portion of that it's really just a very beginning stage of something that is going to be for the rest of your life and this is very different to a lot of the other kind of games I suppose or systems that we've been set up to think about where you do have any finish line if you think about something like school or university or uh, a test or any kind of in any game like any sports game anything like that there is an end goal so you can have this kind of intensity and then you can hit the finish line there's there's kind of resolution there's something that you achieve and then you can stop but this is not the same there's this is going to be like there isn't a finish line the whole point is to keep doing it so we have to have that system to be rewarding otherwise what would be the point of doing it long term because there isn't a finish line like the reward for most things is the end the reward for losing weight is to keep doing it and to be able to keep doing that or to have a healthy lifestyle not to keep losing weight until you just fade away into nothing that's not the point I'm trying to make so the more that we set up systems that allow us to enjoy that, the more we're able to win consistently, then the more likely that we are to do that long term and actually create habits because we've positively reinforced um, those behaviors. But again, like we can't, we have to think about well, how do I make that a positive experience? It's only going to be a positive experience if you have the ability to win. If you're consistently doing something where you're always failing, you're going to give up very fast. The other thing is that if we're not seeing consistent results and that's what we are thinking about or that's what we are rewarding, then we will be more likely to give up if we don't see that. Even if the effort that we are exerting would bring those results if we dragged out the timeline. That was a very complicated way for me to say that action and the effort and the things that we are doing the behaviors that we are doing if they are the right behaviors regardless of whether we see the result in the short term we will get there in the end now you can see a lot of weight loss on the scales you can have that number go down from drastic measures but that's not an indication that you're going to keep that off for the rest of your life no matter how fast you lo lose that so when you focus on that as the the goal or that you're just focused on results as opposed to effort then there's no guarantee that you maintain that anyway whereas if you shift your focus to well, what are the behaviors what is the effort that is required what are the results then regardless of whether the number goes down in the short term you will get there because those are the behaviors that will lead to results like for example like if you think about this if you were to go to the gym three times a week for the rest of your life it's unreasonable to think that you're not going to build muscle. <laughs> Unless you're just dicking around and you're not doing a single thing when you're at the gym. Like you literally go there and 
like you're on your phone the whole time. It's un But even if you were to do that, like at some point you probably would start working out. Like you would be better to just go and be on your phone than for the, be the person that didn't go. Because you're, you're putting yourself in an environment where that's a behavior that is more likely going to bring, bring results than any other behavior. So I, I kind of think about it like this. This is a, kind of like a side note, but what is the the directional behavior or what is the kind of thing that is more likely like it doesn't even have to be right a lot of the time what is the kind of thing that is more likely going to be getting me the results that I want like going to the gym if you want to build muscle is most likely going to give you better results than if you weren't going to go to the gym so regardless of what you do when you are there or how long you are there you um you are increasing your surface likelihood of success by simply walking out the door and getting in your car and going there like no matter what and then you win because that was the goal that you set for yourself so that's an outcome goal. That's a that's an effort goal. It's a rewarding effort as opposed to just the result, which is that you gained a pound of muscle, whatever. Something like walking 5,000 steps. Like these are some of the the minimum targets or effort goals I set for myself. I do things like eating a pound of veggies. Not a goal of eating 100% unprocessed food. Because if I set the goal that I have to eat 100% unprocessed food that I'm never going to have a treat then what happens if I do have one then I failed I can't win for the rest of the day because there's no other way that I can succeed like I, I've, I've hedged myself in by one thing whereas if I say well my goal is to eat one pound of vegetables then I can succeed even on my worst days because I can eat a pound of veggies and I could be eating those pound of veggies while I'm still eating some brownie and ice cream like I did yesterday. It's possible to succeed even on those worst days. So this is where like setting those minimum targets, you can do that in a very practical way. I do it with my content all the time. Things like filming a video rather than having to film a great YouTube video. Because that barrier feels too hard. I have to trick my brain in some way to actually start. And I know that if I do do it consistently... If I am to film even a mediocre video consistently, if I'm going to do that for 10 years and I've got 500 videos behind me, most likely at that point, I'm going to be so much more ahead than if I sit, like, I know that I'll be so much more ahead because it's just logic and common sense. I'm going to be so much more ahead in terms of my ability to make amazing videos than if I sit on my butt for 10 years and I don't put out a video because it wasn't good enough. So minimum targets and minimum effort, minimum amount that required, is required in order for you to take action is going to be what leads you in, in being able to do uh, difficult things, even when things feel really difficult in terms of your life. Like, this is pretty revolutionary, but it's also just not. It's just super, super common sense. Easy stuff. It's just set the bar lower and just do, do more tiny steps. The fifth thing is to have a level of external support and accountability. And so I use a lot of commitment devices. I love commitment devices. Um, these are things like saying at the end of a YouTube video, I'll see you next week for another video, telling my team, I will give you money if you don't, if I don't put out a video, it's um, putting things out there publicly. So the more external support and accountability that you have, the more likely you are to succeed, even when things get really difficult, because you've created an environment where success is more satisfying and it is more painful not to follow through. Because remember how I said that we're, we're very motivated by pain and we're very motivated by pain avoidance. So if it, 
if things feel more difficult, if you're, let's say you've got a day, and like I have this all the time, where I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do anything, I don't want to, I don't want to go to the gym, because it's really difficult, if I have an, another pain source, where if I don't follow through on that behavior, I've got to let someone know, and I've got to like face up to that, if I couple that with the fact that all I have to do is go to the gym, because that's my minimum target, then I've made the barrier to entry very low, and it's almost like you tip a scales, where, and this is all we're trying to do, this is like, <laughs> This is this is the kind of behavior one on one is you just got to stack your negative outcomes to not doing something if you're trying to build a positive behavior stack those negative outcomes to not doing something and make the thing that you're doing so much easier so that the barrier to entry is lower and then you're more likely to do it as long as you just stack that so that it's weighted in favor of the thing that you want to do then you're going to do it like that's kind of cool when you think about it so Knowing this allows me to put support around myself so that I actually um, follow through and do it. And so we we have uh, commitment um, devices, external accountability. Like that's a big part of the program that I run um, in terms of like coaching and encouragement as well because it just works. Successful people will almost always have some kind of coach or mentor or some kind of accountability. Uh, I've not seen where people don't do this. Even people who don't appear to have accountability, who do like crazy things, they tend to have some kind of social accountability. Like if you look at people, I, I follow a few people online who run every day, for example, and they've, they've done some kind of running streak or they um, like they put out books and things like that. As soon as you put that out to, and you get a reasonable amount of people who know you're going to do that, if you ha- if your whole thing is that you run every day and, now, and you've been putting that online for... I don't know, significant amount of time, there's a lot of pain associated with just not doing that, with neglecting that. And that's the form of accountability. So pretty much everyone, I would say everyone, I'm going to make it that blanket, is using some form of accountability. And it's extremely powerful for that reason. The sixth thing is to just make my life easier. And this is really important on those times when I just, I feel like I can't do things. So I do freezer meals. I do... Like I will modify like takeout meals by adding more vegetables to them. I try and remove decision fatigue as much as possible because if decision fatigue is it's just stacking barriers to action. Because not only do you have to decide, well, am I going to do something? You're also trying to figure out, well, how do I do it? Like you're you're trying to figure out what what do I cook? Not just do I eat the carrot or not. If the carrot's there, you're more likely to eat it. If the carrot's in your hand, you're most likely going to chomp on it. But if you don't have a carrot there, you don't know what you're going to cook, then you're, it's, very, it's much harder. So when we think about this in terms of the scales where you're just trying to weight the negative consequences, you're going to try to make the negative consequences greater and you're trying to make the positive or you're trying to make it as easy as possible to succeed, which is really just pain avoidance again, then the less decisions that you have to make, the easier it will be to actually follow through on them. So this is why I'm not a big fan of recipe books. I love them, and I pin a ton of recipes, and I like the idea of it, and I can see the benefit, but in saying that, I don't see a lot of people who are really successful over the long term have a ton of variation in their diet, because there's too much decision fatigue and if you're putting all your effort 
into having to make that decision again and again it's just harder and it's hard to build repetition it's hard to build routine when you do that uh, and there's there's lots of things that are the same if you have to build a new workout every single time you go to the gym you have to run a new route every time you go for a run if you have to you think about this and just and from the standpoint of like would you brush your teeth if your toothbrush was in a new place every time and you had to go find it most likely not most of us brush our teeth every day and we'd think that's kind of disgusting if you don't but how much of that is just the fact that there's routine around that so the more that you can create simple meals that you can have backups like I said I have backups I have comfort meals that are top of mind that I almost always have all the ingredients for and I know that I can make them on those moments when it's it would be easy to go out and buy takeout. It's like, well, I have the things to make this meal that I love. So why wouldn't I just do that? It's going to be quicker. It's going to be more delicious anyway. I've, I've weighted it in my favor. And if you think about this with in terms of those scales again, especially when life gets very stressful, if you're going through a difficult time, whether that is sickness, grief, uh, like kids, anything else, you've got a lot of weight already stacked against you. You've got a whole lot of things that where the barrier is harder. The barrier to doing anything requires more and more and more effort because you're already dealing with so much. And so you've got to make those, you've got to make it even easier in those moments. You've got to set the bar even lower. You've got to do everything you can in your power to make that decision simple and fun and enjoyable as much as humanly possible because otherwise you don't, you, you just don't have enough evidence in those moments yet, most likely. You don't have the ability to follow through on how difficult that is because you just, you don't have that stacked yet. So make it easy. Make it flipping phenomenally easy. And like maybe at some point you can be super, super consistent regardless of what's happening and you're like not swayed by your external environment at all and no stress will penetrate you. I, I don't really believe that anyway. I think that, that it affects everyone. At some point, like your habits become stronger than that. Like at some point, it's just default and the path of least resistance is these habits that you've created, but that takes time. And so if you're at this moment now where you do find yourself getting derailed by the environment, by how you're feeling, um, by what's going on in your circumstances, then use these six things. And as a recap of them, first of all, remember that you do not have to have 100% effort to be consistent. I'm just going to finish with a little story which really highlights this to me. And that is what's, it's to do with podcasting, so it's kind of a bit different, but you can use this analogy. So fascinatingly, 90% of podcasts will never get past three episodes. Of the rest of those podcasts, or of the people that continue past three episodes that start a podcast, I think it's only like 10% will ever get past 25 episodes. So if you want to be in the top 1% of podcasters, which this podcast statistically is now because of that, then all you have to do is create 25 episodes. Like, they could be crap. They don't have to be much at all. They don't have to be phenomenal quality they don't have to have anything all that interesting to say like the barrier there like the effort that's required to do 25 episodes like they could be 10 minutes it's not a whole lot but you would be in the one percent of people if you were to do that and if you think about that in terms of like the spectrum if you want to be like in the if you really want to have a, a genuinely good amazing podcast there's going to be so much that is more that is required than 25 but it's not that hard to get to 25. Like anyone can do that. That is totally possible. And you're already so far ahead if you were to do that. And so 
just even realizing that for me, or that little analogy, is is just so much evidence to me of how little is required to actually con- to succeed, because all it is is a little bit of consistency. All that you really need to do, and I've seen this with people who get super successful, they really just need a little bit of consistency. They just have to do it more often. They just have to do it with minimal effort and not be swayed by intensity. Like that's the second thing is consistent minimal effort is going to be intensity every time. And then thirdly, just not put pendulum swing swinging because you're consistently putting in effort, even if it's only 1%, 2%, 3%, because that's better than what you were doing. That allows you to set minimum targets for yourself, which is the fourth thing, which builds trust in yourself. Um, And then you're rewarding yourself more because you're setting the bar lower and you're finding ways of doing that. Um, And that's going to be easier if you have external support and accountability and also easier if you just make your life easier, which is the sixth point. So I hope that you found this episode helpful um, and valuable and useful. I'd love to hear. You can send me um, a DM or an email of which of these uh, six things you're going to apply or that you found most helpful. I love it when people repost that they've been listening on Spotify or uh, like on Apple or anything like that and then share it on their stories because that's just such huge social proof that this has actually been helpful for you and because I don't do any ads on here and I want to keep this a very very valuable space which is actually rare in the podcasting world funnily enough um, it, it really helps me out and it helps get this message out to more people when you share it leave a review so please if you like it and you're getting help from that then go ahead and do that and I will see you next week for another episode go out there and crush it go and be one percent better than you were before you don't have to pendulum swing set some minimum targets and you will be absolutely shocked at how far you can go all right bye bye that's what i meant to say (laughs) see you next week